You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Baylor, the road dogs, get it done in Fort Worth against TCU. Um, TCU, just a terrible shooting night, 33%, just five and 19 from three. So a defensive, another classic big 12 defensive battle Baylor over TCU 62 54 last night. Welcome back into BetQL daily presented by BetMGM. We are live coast to coast on the BetQL network. Be sure to watch the show too. twitch.tv slash BetQL. And another one we had an eye on yesterday, North Carolina, 14 and a half point spread um they don't cover it they don't come close to covering it but they beat Miami 75-71 another team that I just I don't think Joe I can get a handle on the Tar Heels right now and even if even if you printed the brackets for me tomorrow and showed me the path laid out in front of them regardless of what their seed was I would go eh I don't know because I don't know what to think about that team from week to week there was a time back in you know, late last month where I felt pretty good and, you know, after the win over Duke and this is now I'm kind of in between on the Tar Heels and I'm just not sure what I think about them. Yeah, there's a lot of people that love them and I'm not sure that I can get all the way in on the Tar Heels as much as others. It was a road dog evening, right, with uh, Miami, uh, Baylor as well. You know, on North Carolina, they're – I I felt like the story that popped last night. I mean, R.J. Davis' performance was unreal, 42 points. The team scores 75. He had 42. Nobody else in the team even hits double digits. It's crazy. Seven of 11 on threes. But, you know, they had a near collapse at the end of the game. Like You could make the argument, okay, Davis is – this is what you need. You need a guy like Davis. You're going to make a run in the tournament. Who's going to carry us? Who's going to be our dog that just drags us to the finish line in these uh, high leverage games? Or you look at it and say, like, mm, you need more because nobody else is really doing much in that game. And then it was a weak finish. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm also a bit torn on North Carolina, Aaron. I, I don't know what to think of them. Yeah, I am too. I have heard some people mention that they've placed futures on them, but I have not. I just feel like I can't get there yet with them. My takeaway from last night that I thoroughly enjoyed was the freshman for Baylor who hit that corner three and TCU's fan section was like yelling air ball at him because I guess he had missed a shot prior and then he blows a kiss to them. 
I'm here that's for beautiful. that type of behavior. Yeah. Yeah. That's Give me more stuff. of that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do question North Carolina. Like, if they're a two seed, if they end up as a two, um, is I mean, or do they just feel so secure? Because I mentioned the Duke win. It was actually the first week of February. Um, so it feels like it was a month and a half ago. It was only three weeks ago. But the Duke win since then, they're only two and four against the spread. Now, they're winning, but everything's uncomfortably close and tight. And you talk about the end of the game against Miami last night, Joe. Like, I don't know if that's a sign of an experienced team kind of fighting their way through the dog days of conference play, or is that a sign of a team that can be had? And and that's where I think I'm back and forth on North Carolina. It's not whether they're a good team or they're a good team. It's just a matter of whether they're going to be able to flip the switch once we get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, the other Miami game that they won also nip and tuck. So it's tough. Um, just like every year, they're going to end with Duke. Next couple games are going to be easy. Are we going to learn that much? Probably not. But I, I guess that would be certainly notable if they do end up sweeping Duke uh, for the season there, heading into the uh, ACC tournament. But, but yeah, I, 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 I'm there as well. Like I'm not quite sure. I'd be curious to see what kind of path they get. But a, a lot of people love them. They're they check some boxes when you're looking for a pretty balanced team. We talked about the Kempom 2020. Uh, they're almost there uh, offensively. They could easily jump into the top 20. And the defense is terrific. So one of the main reasons that a lot of people bring them up. But, yeah, right now projected as a two. And, what, at least five different matchups tonight, I think, with top 25 teams involved. Plus, I think we've got a really interesting Wisconsin-Indiana game. Um, let's dive into tonight's slate. Um, where are we looking first? I know we talked during the break with each other about Kentucky, Mississippi state is a really interesting one. I have an eye on an ACC game. You know what? I'm just going to start there since I, since I've already had, I'm, I'm on a roll. I'm on my heater after my stupid omelet line last segment. Um, how the <laughs> heck is Clemson basically a, a guaranteed tournament team? They've got Essentially, they're one game better than the Pitt team that they're going to host tonight. And this is not a Yinzer being a Yinzer trying to argue for Pitt. I'm a Penn State guy. I love Pitt basketball. I've been watching them since I was a kid. Um, and Jerome Lane smashing backboards. But that doesn't mean I'm going to be a homer about this. If Clemson is in, then Pitt and Wake Forest should be in. If Pitt and Wake Forest are bubble teams, then Clemson should be a bubble team. And Pitt's going to get a chance to make that case tonight in Clemson. They're seven-and-a-half-point dogs. Now, the counter-argument would be Pitt hasn't beat Clemson since the eighth-grade picnic. They've lost at least 10 in a row. <laughs> so the, if you go with trends, there's a, there's a tough one to bet against. But I really like Pitt fighting for their lives, fighting for their resume against a Clemson team that for some reason everybody just has as a tournament lock. Pitt on the road tonight. If Blake Hinson gets hot, seven and a half is too much. I think this will be a tight game. Big win. Not your fault, Chris. That's... But this, this, this is a Clemson show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you. This is a Clemson show. One of this has been a Clemson Paul's show since like December. Many, many futures. Paul, Paul's been in on Clemson. Clemson also beat UNC, a team we were just talking about trying to figure out, by the way. Pitt beat Duke at Cameron. I mean, I, I don't know. All right. Fair. Clemson beat Alabama. Yep. They had a couple. How long leads. ago, though? Yeah, I mean that I was mean... forever ago, but it's still. 
but that's the resume you're talking about. I mean, that's what they're going to they're going to bring that up in the room. And that's why they're projected as a five right now. That just seems like too much. That's seven and a half. And, and to bring it back to tonight specifically, rather than just the Clemson resume that's a lot. as a whole, that's a lot. For a team that basically has their spot in the tournament all but secured against a team that's fighting for its life, um, and granted looked like crap on the road at Wake last week, um, but again, is fighting for its life. Like, I trust Jeff Capel to keep this one close. I guess it's the like Clemson's a pretty good shooting team overall. Um, and Pitt definitely struggles there, and especially in conference play. I mean, Pitt's one of the worst shooting teams in the ACC, and it's across the board. Uh, two point free throw, you know, effective field goal percentage. Uh, but I'm with you. I saw that number at six and a half. I saw it this morning, and then I saw it move to seven and a half. I can't lay seven and a half with this Clemson team. They're definitely a team I can't no. trust. I'm interested in seeing right. how the bracket shakes out for them. Like, could they be a tricky five against a one in the Sweet 16? Yeah. Could they lose to a 12? Absolutely. So Yeah, I was going to say, apologies to, to your futures, out. Paul, but, like, I could much more likely see them as a five that goes down to a 12 than, like, yep. the, the, the frisky five that ends up in the Elite Eight. They Don't really disagree. Do they could that. go either way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're and Wisconsin's another one's close to like similar. Yeah, Wisconsin smells like another five that is just bound to lose to a twelve. Is, and again, I don't I don't know what that means for agreed. tonight against Indiana, but like I don't. It, that's that's one I don't trust either. Laying four and a half, four four and a half on the road at Indiana. Indiana, you mentioned it the other day, Joe. Indiana's not a very good basketball team but they're always they they, this is one of those spots where the Hoosiers rise up and they they make everybody else mad because we thought oh Wisconsin it's only four it's on the road Mm." but I I do I do question those teams that feel that are starting to feel secure in their their tournament bid at this point against teams that have more to play for I to your point about the 512 it's just the nature of the beast I think every five, they're so flawed, and now every every these teams are closer than ever before. I mean, and it's always been the case. Okay, pick your 12-5 upsets, pick your 12-5. And then you look at the point spread sometimes, and it's barely an upset, and the line's two or something like that. Um, a couple of other fives projected are in action tonight. Kentucky's a five right now. Mm. People love them. I love them. Put up 117 over the weekend, and I, I think this is still. Let me see if where where we're at now. But I was looking earlier this morning. They're a four point dog to, at Miss State. Mm-hmm. Boy, they're they're like I feel like they're like sucking me in with that one because they are. they know so many betters love to bet on um, Kentucky. Yeah, I do see a one four out there, mostly three and a half. No, a few fours, mostly three and a halfs. After that big win over the weekend, and you look at the impressive wins for Kentucky, and it wasn't just what they did this weekend. They've beaten Bama. They've beaten Auburn. Like They can score with anybody. They can outscore anybody. The issue's always going to be on the defensive end. Mississippi State's hot right now. They, they've won five straight games. However, as good as they are at home, 11-2 and two on the season, this five-game winning streak, Aaron, it's not against anybody. None of them are top 70 teams. So I'm like, uh, I know I shouldn't, but I really want to take Kentucky in the points. 
I thought the same, and I was like, what am I missing here? So I go to Ken Palm, and I'm like, Ken Palm has Mississippi State winning by two? These two mm-hmm. teams played back in January, that final. Kentucky won 90-77. Now I get it. Probably can't look too far into that. It was back in January. Both of these teams are playing different. Mississippi State is really good at defending the three, but I it just seems like you're paying a tax here for the home court advantage or something like yeah. I think the Kentucky is a better team, and I'm not that worried about it. I think I want to back Kentucky. I don't. I've I seen Kentucky shoot really well. Sorry, Paul. I've seen Kentucky shoot really well on the road, like maybe once or twice. Like Kentucky on the road is still a different beast than Kentucky at home. I think. I think the play here, it, the totals way up there, one fifty six and a half. I know Mississippi State has shot well the last couple times out, but I think that they're suckering you in on that total after what you saw over the weekend between Bama and Kentucky. I think I like the under of 156.5. That's my angle on it too, Chris. Like how? Okay, so Mississippi State's favored and they're getting money. How does Mississippi State win this game? Got to win it ugly, right? So there's your path to an under there. Like they they shut down Kentucky. Or... Kentucky blows out Mississippi State because Mississippi State can't score half the time, and it's like right. eighty to sixty-five, and you're still under by ten points, or eighty mm-hmm. to seventy-five, and you're still under one fifty-six and a half. So I think ninety you got a to sixty-five, you're under. still under. You sweat yeah. it, but you're still under. Right. <laughs> also, Kentucky forward Trey Mitchell, he's been injured and missed a couple games. Like he's been day to day. If he plays. He was really good in that last matchup. He had 15 points. He didn't miss a shot. So as good as this Mississippi State defense is, I think it's going to be hard to contain Kentucky, even if they do have that home court advantage. What yeah. about what what about <laughs> this is probably stupid. Houston's hosting Cincinnati tonight. 12 and mm-hmm. a half, 13 and a half maybe. Um that's a really Big number. I know Cincinnati's not good, but that's a big number. I know it's at home, but that's one where I'm tempted to, I don't know, maybe it's just to stay away. Maybe that's the smart move is to stay away. But that big a number with a team like Houston who doesn't score a ton, although they've shot better the last few times out, that seems like, I mean, they beat Cincy by five on the road. I don't know if that automatically becomes a 12 and a half, 13 and a half point game just because it's at home, Joe. My concern would be Houston is so dominant at home. One every game this year, they're on a 20 game home win streak. And yeah, the number comes into play, right? Um, they're also coming off a game. They just barely survived, right? They, they were pushed to overtime at Baylor, but fresh in their mind is what? Blowing a 16 point lead in the second half getting pushed to overtime. I I think this is a decent Houston spot. Not one of my favorite plays of the day. If I had to make a a play, you asked me to pick a, a side ATS, I would go with Houston. Yeah, I mean, Calvin Sampson has his team playing so well at home. They get stops. I think I'll probably just pass on this one. Yeah. The yeah, numbers I, are just I, I, too big. That's probably, but um, man, that's, you're right though, Joe, about the idea of them, you know, getting scared last time out and and wanting to step up and prove something at home as well. Um, any other plays we like real quick before we wrap this up and get ready to talk to Vaughn? 
I'm considering BYU is not up. Yeah, exactly. I don't think BYU is upset in Kansas. No. Right. You uh, do? Number six. No, I agree That's with crazy. you. I'm with, I'm with Kansas. I mean, that is such yeah. a home court advantage that they have. Uh, last three losses for BYU, all on the road. It's a pretty mediocre team. Now you're going to Kansas. I know McCullers out again. I'm not worried. Yeah, they seven. Nobody. Six, six. Yep. Seven in spots, six and a half at BetMGM right now. Talk all kinds of hoops, NBA and college, with Von Dalzell of NBC Sports. He joins us next right here on BetQL Daily. In 20 minutes, it's it's been a while since we've played. GTFO or O, yeah. Including something that I just can't comprehend. Um, the length of time that some people claim they spend doing this one thing. Relax. Relax, oh. no bonk, real, just slow down. Uh, we'll get into that in 20 minutes. Uh, and then at the top of the hour, Isaac Trotter at 24-7 Sports. We'll talk college hoops with him. We'll get into the NBA card tonight as well, about one hour from now. From NBC Sports to talk all kinds of hoops, Vaughn Dalzell joins us now on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Vaughn, good to see you. Uh, the gang is all back together, and we got you back in the fold to talk a, a big college hoops card tonight in particular um we got wisconsin indiana we got houston cincy virginia tech syracuse um even you want to talk top 25 matchup san diego state san jose state so where are you looking first tonight we just ran through the card a little bit a couple minutes ago before we got you on but what's vaughn got his eyes on yeah well i appreciate you guys having me back haven't seen you guys in what two weeks now so uh, let's have a winning tuesday uh, my best bet for today and what I locked in first this morning was uh, the Cincinnati first half team total under at Houston. Now, everyone knows how good the Houston Cougars are. I think they are the best team in the country. I think them and UConn are head above hills over everyone else. But Houston at home has been a different beast, especially on the defensive end. And if you watch this game earlier in the season, the Bearcats actually led Houston at halftime since he was home. They are up by three. They got up as much as seven in the second half but lost that game to five. Houston locked them down defensively, uh, held them to 42% from two and 30% from three. And an interesting note is I do like the game total under two. I lean that because while Houston's number one in defense in the country and at home, since he's actually the number one defense on the road. Uh, so I expect another grind here, and both these teams will struggle from deep. But I think the best bet is Cincinnati's first half team total under 27.5. That's my one-and-a-half unit bet for today. All right, here you go. Um I find this number fascinating on the Kentucky-Mississippi State game. What does it tell you? Like, as a longtime better of the sport, you see Kentucky, what they're doing offensively. People love to back them, love to bet on them. And uh, in conference, it, it's always tough to go on the road. We've seen that. Like, the the home team's been hitting at a high rate, even though we had a couple of road dogs uh, covering last night in high pro- higher-profile mm-hmm. games. What do you think about – what does it tell you when you see Kentucky – getting four at Mississippi State. They're winning, but not against good teams. Yeah, I mean, last year was the year I think everybody started really catching on to the unranked home favorites against uh, the ranked road dogs, and we have that situation here. And last night was an example of it not cashing, and I feel like, because TCU-Baylor is what I'm referencing, TCU losing to Baylor being the uh, unranked home favorite. And I feel Mm -hmm. like during the week this year, like weekdays, these games haven't hit nearly as much as they have on the weekends. 
Um, and I think Saturdays are usually obviously trap spots for the public because they get paid on Fridays and then they see a, a better team as an underdog. They don't think that makes sense. Uh, here, mm -hmm. I think it does make sense a little bit. You look at a revenge spot for Mississippi State. I mean, they did lose 90-77. to 77. Kentucky controlled that entire game. The only lead for Mississippi State was a 5-2 to two lead early in that game. And I can't trust Kentucky's defense. Two teams that have excellent offenses are Kentucky and Alabama, but two teams you don't want to back in February and March are Kentucky and Alabama because of their defense, and they don't force turnovers. Uh, so on the road, I'm not looking forward to backing Kentucky. They have Mississippi State and Tennessee uh, on the road to end the season, two of four games against Arkansas and Vandy at home much better spot to be back in Kentucky. So I'm passing on the Wildcats tonight. I'd be looking at Mississippi State. All right. How about BYU at Kansas? BYU, the story there, they just struggle on the road, and here they are on the road. Mm -hmm. um, which side do you like here? Any plays that you have your eye on? Yeah, this is simply a team that's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of Big Ten teams that I'll reference later in this show that are like that, but BYU, total fade on the road, total play at home. And Kansas has been undefeated at home. We know how great they are when it comes to playing at Lawrence Fieldhouse. So I'd rather be looking at a Kansas first half, like three and a half or four, rather than laying the six and a half or seven, because what we've seen from BYU is the ability to shoot. They're not afraid to continue gunning from deep. They also are one of the best two-point offenses in the country. And even in road losses at Oklahoma State, at Kansas State, you know, they're putting up 74, 83 points. And while Kansas wants to play a little slower than that, BYU could shoot themselves into a backdoor cover here. Um, and they're a pretty good free throw shooting team as well. So on the road, doesn't translate as good, but with such a good offense, I would be willing to back Kansas in the first half here, but not the full game. But I do think the Jayhawks get another home victory. And uh, they inch closer to getting potentially a three seed in the tournament. Von Dalzell of NBC Sports at V Money Sports on Twitter. Follow him there where you would have seen he had WVU against Kansas State last night. That was a cover. He had Brooklyn. He had R.J. Barrett. He had Baylor. Uh, he had the Heat last night. So he's on a roll. Let me ask you, what is it about Virginia Tech-Syracuse? Because we were just talking about Pitt-Clemson. I went off on a rant about Clemson basically being guaranteed a spot mm -hmm. and being a five seed somehow. But what is it about Virginia Tech-Syracuse yeah, I mean in the same conference that you have an eye on tonight? I saw a lot of people having Clemson as a five seed uh, in the tournament. You know, I was thinking more you know, six to seven range, probably seven-ish. Uh, so definitely surprising. And I appreciate you shouting all the victories last night. One bet I didn't give out that I joked with all my friends was Mississippi Valley State, who was 0-27 last night, getting their last home game. They got the victory, nine and a half dogs nice. plus 400. Uh, so I did parlay that with the Heat last night. and. Uh, Another Baylor money line. So I had a nice payout last night. I didn't get the West Virginia live money line, though. That one sucked. I thought they were coming through. But for Virginia Tech and Syracuse, another game where West Virginia last night, there were one of 13 teams where they didn't have a road win. To try and get one of those wins, Virginia Tech has won this season. And all right, they have been really bad on the road. But when you look at Syracuse's defense, it's not the same defense we used to see before. Like this team – ranks last in two-point defense. They rank last in uh, offensive defensive rebounding and uh, also three-point defense. So that's in, out of 15 teams in the ACC. They're in last in those positions. Virginia Tech is a team that can play fast. They can shoot the ball. Uh, they're above average in all those categories. So I, I kind of like Virginia Tech plus one and a half here. I'm looking at adding a second or third official bet here 
I think I'm going to stay out of the NBA for today because there's better bets tomorrow. But I think Virginia Tech gets the road win. They're one and eight. Syracuse is 12 and three. It's going to be a very unpopular bet, but everybody's going to run to bet Syracuse. And they also have a letdown spot here after celebrating Jim Boheim Day uh, in their last home glass game against Notre Dame, which they barely won. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. What about some uh, March Madness sleepers? Any teams that you have circled, you're like, I can't wait to see the first round matchup when we get there. We're just a few weeks away. And, you know, as a side note, for these teams that you're going to talk about, would you bet on them now? Or would you say, you know what, let's just wait. Because the number's probably not going to change the next couple weeks. And then if we wait, we're a little patient with it, we're going to get the path and see if we do want to bet on them. Yeah, there's certain teams like I would buy Final Four tickets on now for like an Iowa State for certain. Like that team's Mm -hmm. locked into a two seed, I think. And they're going to be a team that has the defense to be in every single game. And they also can play up-tempo with their offense with guys like Lipsy who run the floor. So like Iowa State team is a team like I'd be willing to lock in right now for a Final Four ticket as far as winning it all. Um, The long shots, you know, it's risky because it is more wide open this year, I do think. Houston and UConn can certainly run the table. And I hate picking one seeds. I never picked two one seeds to make the final four, to make the NCAA championship. But this could be the year that we look at that. When it comes to sleepers, though, 
to make a run. I think a team like the Florida Gators are built really well to be able to shoot their way from behind, also run, run teams out the gate uh, in the first half and get large leads. So, and they've been shown that whoever they play, they can, they can keep up with. Uh, Washington State, obviously everyone now has been turned on to them since they've swept Arizona. But they've also shown a willingness to be able to win on the road. Yeah, they did have a letdown spot against Arizona State. Disappointed I didn't give that out on Saturday. But I think Wazoo is a team down the road that's certainly going to give a lot of teams problems with the way they match up with. Some teams I'm looking to fade, first-round exit, Virginia. I mean, oh, my goodness, what happened to this offense? It was bad for two years, but it's atrocious now. Uh, that team, depending on who they get matched up with, is out in the first round. Uh, and Gonzaga, another team that I've loved for three, four straight years at NBC. Yes. They're going to be a first-round fade for me for sure. I mean, no. they don't have it together. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah, I mean, while they beat Kentucky, it stung. <laughs> It's one of done. my favorite sleepers, uh, Vaughn. What are we doing? <laughs> Listen, oh, that, you're the one on a heater. Station. So yeah, I apparently. The station this year. <laughs> they have what one top fifty win this season? Uh, I mean, they've you know they've been dropping games to their conference. They're not going to win their conference. I don't think they're going to win their conference tournament either. Uh, but you know that's. <laughs> That's a majority of teams I'm looking at, of course, a, a, a Marquette, a Baylor, and I'll say Illinois. Illinois is your best bet to win the Big Ten tournament. Don't take Purdue. <laughs> so uh, I think the fighting oh. line is secretly a sleeper as well. I was going to ask you about Purdue because I know you said you've been locked in on the Big Ten. So who do you like in that conference and, you know, what has really caught your eye? Am I going to regret not betting on Purdue? I guess according to you, no, I'm good, right? Well, I mean, I locked in the Big Ten regular season championship at minus 140 after they dropped to Northwestern. I thought that was ridiculous. And, I mean, locked that in. That was the way to bet Purdue. As far as the Big Ten tournament, uh, I think a team like Illinois certainly win it. I mean, with Terrence Shannon back, it gives them ability, like how Purdue has Zach Eady who could go out and score 30. Shannon can do that as a guard, which is dangerous. And his defense also, uh, I think, added another dimension to what the Illinois uh, line I can do. I hate saying that word. Uh, so I think they are dangerous. Wait, the Big what Ten. word? Saying the Illini? You hate that word? Illini. It's literally it's the Pittsburgh accent or something, but it's yeah. a word like and like avoid saying on camera. It because it I scares me it. too. It's a tough. One. It doesn't it's make intimidating. Sense. It's honestly a terrible, terrible nickname. But um, anyways, so <laughs> mad right now. Uh, yeah, I, I I hate it. Uh, but. I think that they're the best bet to go deep. A team like Wisconsin, I'll speak on briefly, because Wisconsin was who a lot of us experts pegged to be the second best team in the Big Ten. At 16-4, and four, they looked like it. Then they dropped off the past three weeks. I think they get a bit of a course correction here, and they have a game against Indiana tonight. Indiana's dropped four straight, three straight at home. If Wisconsin wins this game, uh, they certainly set themselves up to make a nice little run with a Purdue and Illinois up on the schedule uh, to the next three games. So, Keep an eye out for the Badgers because they could be a buy-on buy team entering the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. But uh, as far as Purdue, yeah, I mean, they can make the second round the Sweet 16, but they're not going much further than that. If they are trailing at halftime and still favored in a game, do not take them. They are not winning. Um, they still struggle from behind. So I do not like Purdue still. I think they're much better than last year. They gained experience. But as far as going deep, I don't think they're that team still. 
This is a fade Purdue show, so absolutely, you're in the right spot, Vaughn. You're with friends here. Per don't. Vaughn Delzal of NBC Sports <laughs> at V Money Sports on Twitter. You're right. The what what kills a Western Pennsylvania, a Pittsburgh Yinzer accent with Illinois is the two L's next to it. So it goes from Illini to why not there's almost a w that gets inserted it's terrible it's hard for us. <laughs> i'm with you um real quick we wanted to ask you about the clippers we were talking about them yesterday they're now like all the way under five to one in some spots for nba title odds mm. we much like we're out on purdue on this show we're, we're pretty we're, we're about this close to being out on the clippers too so are we moving in the right direction or can you talk us back off the ledge as far as clippers futures go yeah, I've definitely been a Clippers hater uh, for the past few years, and there's no doubt about it. And, I mean, I've, I've come on this show, and I've said numerous times, like, if you're looking at Western Conference odds just to win the conference, not an NBA championship, just to win the West, the Clippers are not a terrible bet considering you want to fade the Nuggets uh, on a back-to-back considering you don't believe in the Lakers. Uh, but I'm going to be honest, like, I can't take the Thunder to win the West. To be a one seed, yeah, for sure. I'll buy into that. I just took the. I just did a fourteen parlay uh, for division odds. I'll tell you guys after this uh, before I got in the show. But as far as winning a Western Conference, the Thunder don't have enough experience. The Timberwolves don't have enough experience. I still don't believe in the Mavericks with their defense. While I do think they can win their division, the Warriors are caked. Uh, I think the Lakers. I mean, anytime you have LeBron and AD healthy, I think you guys have a chance. So that leaves the Nuggets, Clippers, Lakers, and Suns. I would rather take the Suns at 9-1 to one to win the West or to win a championship rather than the Clippers right now. I think the Suns now getting guys like Royce O'Neal on their bench and a couple other additions definitely help them because that's what they were lacking. Uh, and they have a pretty mediocre schedule down the stretch as well in terms of strength of schedule. So I don't want to buy into the Clippers. At, two, at plus 250 to win the West, at 5-1 to one to win the title, I, I think everyone missed the boat there, but I don't think they're quite that team either. I'd rather take a stab on the Suns in the West. Uh, so that's my opinion. And if you want the division odds uh, parlay I took, it was $25 to win 1000 with the boost I had today. The Orlando Magic to win the Southeast. The Oklahoma City Thunder to win the Northwest. The Dallas Mavericks to win the Southwest. And the Milwaukee Bucks to win the Central. Uh, not saying the, the Bucks. Bucks are back by any means, but they're steaming right now. <laughs> back on the Bucks, Vaughn, great stuff as always, man. We appreciate the time. Next bobblehead game down at the Penguins. I'll catch you there. Vaughn Dalzell of NBC yami, Sports yami. at V-Money Sports on Twitter. Follow him there. We get back into college hoops at the top of the hour with Isaac Trotter at 24-7 Sports. But coming up next, another exciting edition of GTFO or Oh Yeah, right here on BetQL Daily. I love that while that plays, Aaron just mouths the words. Oh, yeah. She just goes mime mode for a second. (laughs) Isaac Trotter in 20 minutes. We look at the NBA card in the middle of the third and final hour as well here on BetQL Daily before we get you our lightning bets to wrap up here on the BetQL Network every single day from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern alongside Aaron Hawksworth and Joe Ostrowski. I'm Chris Mack. And, yeah, we'll get back into hoops, like I said, in a couple of minutes. But GTFO or, oh, yeah, basically an opportunity for us to try and trick Joe into doing the, oh, yeah, so that we can then (laughs) mock him for the way that he says it. No, it's really uh, 
random items thrown at us. We'll tell you whether we agree with them. Oh, yeah. Or we think you should GTFO with that. This is where Paul comes in uh, with just random stuff. Just just throws names on a list, basically, and comes at us with them. So what would you like to start with, Paul? Uh, so, you know, we're doing our baseball prep. Took a spin around, like, Fangrass, Baseball Savant this morning, mm-hmm. and found a guy. Um, top 10 Ambarrel's per plate appearance percentage and top five mm-hmm. in a new made up stat new ev50 we're a big i don't know e40 show so looks good to me uh <laughs> what's that basically Wait, what more is than this? what is that made up stat yeah mean? so it's on Statcast, our baseball savant it says yes i can read it to you uh ev50 is an average of the hardest 50 percent of his batted balls so this guy is fifth with an exit velocity of 105 man's name is jake berger i don't know i, I mean he's behind judge acuna uh stanton and otani seems pretty good to me so sure i'll buy into it jake berger hit 34 home runs last year like i said he's top five in this ev50 whatever it is but top 10 in barrels, <laughs> uh per plate percentage 34 home runs last year 120 to one to lead the lead the league in home runs gtfr oh yeah what was uh, your anyway. made up pitch that you hate, Paul? Made up what? The made up pitch. You said it was a made up pitch last year. The sweeper. The sweeper. The sweeper. Paul yeah. hated the sweeper. It's so <laughs> dumb. Made up. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I'm... <laughs> that's, that's a good number, man. 120 on Burger. He's going to put. So, how's that he... park? It's health. That's what it. Yeah. It's all it. Yeah. Park Park Factors Miami. I mean, first off, it's health. That's the the issue with this guy. Is he? Is there going to be another story that comes out? Oh, he was having a barbecue and he broke his leg. Like that's like. What, didn't that just happen a couple of years ago? <laughs> that was like five <laughs> years ago. Always okay. a barbecue. How do you forget Always. that? But the, when he puts the full season together, we saw what happened last year. What thirty four home runs. Um, I don't think these are made up, but 98th percentile barrel rate, he's up there. Hard hit rate, like 91 percentile. He's elite in a lot of this stuff. So if he's going to get the ABs, and I think he will down there at 120, yes, it that is worth a shot. It's an oh, yeah. Not doing it for the people. <laughs> you don't deserve it. Yes, what, Chris? This is a GTFO. This is a total GTFO. Oh! This guy's this guy's swing and miss rate is through the roof. His strikeout rate's up around thirty percent. He plays in a Costco with uh without the sculpture in center field anymore, where home runs go to die. No, no, thank you. I'm out on Jake Berger. Plus, you mentioned the health factor too. Don't step on um. I don't know a slippery spot where the sweet baby rays was left on the floor from the night before. Exactly. GTFO. All you have to do is Google this guy. He looks like the most unathletic baseball player that I've ever seen. I would not put my money on him. Even at one twenty to one, he looks like he's just been eating burgers. Living oh up my to God. the okay. guys are insane. Okay. You ever heard of Cecil Fielder? How about Kyle Schwarber? Rob like, Deere. Come on. Most 
unathletic baseball player is literally all these guys. Whoa. All right, strikes out, home run hitters Wait. strike out. Panda. I was a big panda yeah. fan. Joe, Joe just came with a Rob Deere reference, like straight out of 1989. Half the the majority hear... of people on this show, Joe, weren't alive to remember Rob Deere. Why, why do you go to me? He said Cecil Fielder. When you say Cecil Fielder, you have to follow it with Rob Deere every time. Why you don't? People have heard of Cecil Fielder or Cecil Fielder. <laughs> Think you're poisoned. Cecil. Rob Deere. Rob Deere. I've literally oh, never heard of Rob Deere in my entire life. He was not in Hardball Get 93. Here. I don't think. You, yeah. How have you never heard of Rob Deere? Never no. heard never. of Rod Deer. Like I, all I'm picturing is Rod Beck. Yeah. No, unless yeah, you owned the 1987. Much looks like yeah, not not far off. Unless you owned the 1987 complete set of Topps baseball cards, you don't know who Rob Deer is. And Joe and I are in that sweet spot where every kid had the complete set of 1987 Topps cards. So you knew Rob Deere was a career 203 hitter and struck out 250 Dude. times a year. He's but like he hit my 26 dad's homers. age. He played to the <laughs> mid-90s. That was a long time ago. Uh, Rob Deere. His picture's in black and white, okay? His, the first picture that comes up is in black and white. His Come hat on, is man. sitting so high on his head, too. It's a big five That's where he kept yeah. his smokes, right <laughs> under the hat. They list him. They list him at 6'3", 210. There's no way he was 210. Six three. Oh, is he a cub? That's why you know him. Yeah, I he was the a Cubs. Cubs. I remember I re- him. As a no, cup no, I, re- I remember him with the Brewers and the Tigers. He's in the Midwest. Midwest guy. I mean, his baseball reference goes right to his minor and Japanese league statistics. He was not a household name. All right. So like, who's he? Who's he compared to? I'm... Similar batters. Number one, Kyle. No Schwarber. one. Jake Berger. I'm texting my dad. Have you heard of Rob Deere? He lives in Orange County, California. Probably lives right down the street. Number number four, Pete in Cavilia. Oh, (laughs) Philly's legend. Steroid fanatic. Oh, my God, Pete in Cavilia. Yeah, but Inky didn't know that you, that you had to cycle off, so he just kept getting bigger. Oh, it was just like him and, and Lenny. Yeah, yeah. That 93 Phillies team, holy hell. Inky, you can't many... eat tacos and cheeseburgers for breakfast and stay on the roids. It's not going to work. Yeah. If you pull up his baseball reference, he had four di- 14 different jerseys. This guy's scary. Just look at his picture. I'm like, I don't want to face this guy. You know what? He would. He at least looks athletic. Unlike athletic. That's a question. He's got some quads. (laughs) He's got quads. Uh, Most unsurprising thing ever during his tenure with the Milwaukee Brewers, his work he worked for his father's construction firm, according to Wikipedia. Of course, his face definitely matches that. Yeah. This yeah. guy is as upper Midwest as they come. He played for the Tigers, the Cubs, and the Brewers. He absolutely mashed when he made contact. I'm th- look, I'm not here to disparage the name of the great Rob Deere, but I just think the reference was a bit, was a bit over the head it's old. of anybody it's old. under the age of 40. Yeah. But Cecil Fielder. I, it's Cecil just, Fielder is a household name. Like, but the, yeah, not on. anymore. Now we're getting past well, it a little. Via bit. Prince, via Prince, he still is staying power. Fair, right? 
fair. Right. I just had a flashback. Like, my childhood was, you say Cecil Fielder, you say Rob Deere. Like, <laughs> I, I just didn't think that was a no, name I was going to hear. Rob Deere. <laughs> what, like, ever in my life. Yeah, there he is. Holy smoke, Skirt. Put it up. <laughs> he really oh. is Rob That's a man. Dude's rock. Dude's rock. A man. Holy that's you right. You put that guy in charge site. of the Detroit Lions, and Aaron is just absolutely drooling. <laughs> oh right. my God, he's an assistant. he's strength coach for Dan Campbell. Oh, hundred mm-hmm. percent. He's oh. got shades on indoors at Miller <laughs> Park throwing out the first pitch. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome because he's that dude, Joe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple other notes according to Wikipedia since. Uh, we're just in a Rob Deere oh, segment. Oh, this is about Notoriety. to take a turn, isn't it? No, 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 no. It's uh, it's all good. Uh, okay. Gain notoriety in sabermetric circles due to his propensity for the three true outcomes. Strikeout, home run, base on balls. Uh, yep. Held the American League record for strikeouts in a season with 186 in 1987 until being passed by Jack Cust. So, like, I'll be back to Jake Berger bringing up full circle. The strikeouts don't bother me. Like, Schwarber strikes out, and he's been in this conversation a lot. The plate discipline that Chris brought up, that's more of a problem. Like, Schwarber has the walks to go with the strikeouts um, and the plate discipline to go with it. I think that could definitely hinder us from getting there with this number on Berger. But, again, 120 to 1. For for a little bit of fun at 120 to 1, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't put legit. I wouldn't put, oh, yeah, money on it. Money wise, it's GTFO, but for a little, little pizza money sprinkle, maybe. Rob Deere, thirteen point <laughs> seven wins above replacement this guy. in his He's career. Paul's yeah, gonna well, order his like, baseball card on eBay. Which one? Which of the fourteen different numbers that he wore? Apparently, <laughs> Giants, Brewers, Tigers, Red Sox, Hanshin Tigers, and Padres. I guess that's his Japanese career. Man, what a Japanese. legend. He was, this guy's been his everywhere. home run was once, a home run of his was once featured on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Okay, Joe, I take it back. Household name. Yeah, Rob Deere. Rob Deere. If you're old. Like yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Damn. The man was born in 1960. This, this is like Paul's new hero, the way he's talking. He like, this, this is what, he loves this What guy. is going on? I was Paul's so out on Rob Deere. I was like, who is this guy? I never want to hear about him again. This guy's made up. And now, cult Mush is going to come home, and there's going to be a fat head on the wall of Rob Deere. <laughs> Rob Deere fat <laughs> That is going to be I mean, on the wall. That, that's oh, a pretty fantastic picture. You could throw that on the it wall. It is. He's got a huge ripper in his bottom lip there, too. Oh, 100%. How did this segment, how did we not get to topic two? We got went right to it, out of the and break. And Cabrian Hayes. The there were some bangers. <laughs> Joe Ostrowski brings up Rob Deere and then asks how we didn't get to what? anything else. Come My on. My dad goes Joe. Brewers or Royals for the Rob Deere. <laughs> Back to college hoops with Wall Isaac Trotter of 24-7 Sports next on Beck UL Daily, a Rob Deere fan show. <laughs>